brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. The Chicago Bulls are set to face the Brooklyn Nets tonight, and while I was already confident in the Bulls' chances against the Brooklyn Nets, they just traded Kevin Durant to the Phoenix Suns. We're going to talk about what that trade means now for the Eastern Conference, the league as a whole, and should the Bulls get involved in other things around the league? We're going to get into all that and more, plus preview the game right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans, welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. I'm the host here, Hayes. You can follow me right off the top at CEO Hayes, CEO H-A-I-Z-E. And the trade deadline day has already just been off to a wild start. We already dropped a video late last night about Russell Westbrook and and the Lakers trade and all that going on. And could the Bulls get involved? There's rumors that they could, they're interested in trying to sign uh, Russell Westbrook since he's going to be bought out. Shortly thereafter that, Kevin Durant was traded from the Brooklyn Nets to the Phoenix Suns in a deal that saw them send out Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, and four unprotected first-round picks to the Brooklyn Nets for Kevin Durant and TJ Warren. Now, this drastically impacts the game tonight, of course, as the Bulls face the Brooklyn Nets, which we'll end this show talking about. But it, 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 when you look at just how everything shook down with the Brooklyn Nets, from this summer of Kevin Durant's initial trade request, to just turning into what it turned into now, the Kyrie uh, exit and things like that, it really it dramatically changes the shift of the NBA on the back half of the season, and especially in the Western Conference now. As you look at that Western Conference, the Phoenix Suns almost have to be, if well, if it works out, right? On paper, is different than seeing the team, and the team has uh, a little over 20 games to kind of figure it all out heading into the playoffs, just figure out their balance. Uh, last night, Kyrie and the Dallas Mavericks get a win in his first game without Luka Doncic. But, you know, the Western Conference is going to be one of those things that are going to be interesting to watch and see how it shakes out. What team really separates themselves? Does this team on paper work out for the Phoenix Suns like it should? And the Phoenix Suns, you know, they sent out unprotected first round picks that if this does work out, and even if it doesn't, aren't going to be anything of note. You also send out two young, talented players in Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson. The Brooklyn Nets right now sit with a team that's interesting on paper. But as we know, even though you have some young talent on that team, they recouped some unprotected first-round picks that they sent off themselves uh, for James Harden, which is going to be interesting, That you know the fact that they recouped those picks. But now the Phoenix Suns and, and the Brooklyn Nets sit in two opposite places. The Brooklyn Nets, who already were kind of on their way down. You know, it was announced that Kevin Durant wouldn't make his return. I had speculated before that if Kevin Durant was not um, traded by this uh, this this trade deadline, he may have set out the rest of the season just kind of over what's going on with the Brooklyn Nets. Joe Tsai and what they got going down in Brooklyn, they really have to look at just, it's just a failed start to that franchise. And, you know, now they have a, a roster that's kind of unbalanced. They sit right now as fifth in the Eastern Conference. You expect that team to drop and drop hard over the back half of the season. And so the teams around the Eastern Conference, while two teams in the West and the Dallas Mavericks and Phoenix Suns have made key deals with an Eastern Conference team. Uh, you look at 
the trade that went down out west with the Lakers, the Timberwolves, and the Utah Jazz, all teams only impacted in the Western Conference by that. The Eastern Conference teams now, what do they do to look to stay ahead now? When you look at the Brooklyn Nets roster, yes, they're going to drop down. They may still sneak into the play-in if they're a young, scrappy team. But even then, if you're the Washington Wizards, the team right now sitting on the outside looking uh, on the outside looking in on that play-in tournament, the, the, the Wizards, the Pacers, now, you know, if those teams can be healthy, stay healthy, they may have a chance to sneak into that play-in tournament depending on how far the Brooklyn Nets drop over the last back half of the season. But, you know, look at the Brooklyn Nets and that roster. Who's to say that maybe they don't look to move a Mikael Bridges and a Cam Johnson to get additional first-round picks or just to get additional picks as they are basically in a full rebuild? You still have Ben Simmons out there. Could they look to move him? It's gonna. It could be continue to be a very interesting trade deadline to watch if these dominoes do start falling. But now, if you're an Eastern Conference team, and even if you are one of the best, better teams in the Eastern Conference, uh, the, the, of course, you know you look at the Boston Celtics, who I'm sure they feel like they compete can compete with any team, the Milwaukee Bucks as well. But if you're the Philadelphia 76ers, the Cleveland Cavaliers, you know some of those teams, the the, the Miami Heat. Do you look now to make a move looking forward? Two, if you do get to the finals, do you need a little bit of extra firepower to compete with the West? What does this mean for DeMar DeRozan, right? We know that the Bulls have been reluctant and not really listening to any trade offers, but do teams now trying to, and even teams in the Western Conference, if you're a team in the Western Conference trying to stay up with the pack, do you look at a Chicago Bulls and say, hey, Bulls, we're going to call you and, and offer you some first-round picks for this veteran that you have um, to try to bring them to our team. And again, this is not me saying the Bulls should be looking to move DeMar or anything, but you never know what could happen, especially as teams maybe panic to look to stay up with the Joneses in a way, as you see the, the, the Dallas Mavericks and the Phoenix Suns just make moves that make their teams, at least on paper, look so much better. So do the Memphis Grizzlies, do the Denver Nuggets, do, do the other teams look to make a, make an additional move? And could they be making calls then on any of the Chicago Bulls players? And do they make an offer that maybe the Bulls can't um, ignore? You know, and again, not calling for any type of trades or anything like that. But we know that this is a league that you try to, you try to keep up. And we've talked so much about this season about parity and how that parity in the NBA has really, has really worked some teams into thinking that they are closer than what they actually are. Now you look at teams that are clearly going to be behind a team like the Phoenix Suns that's just a superpower potentially in the Western Conference. And the only reason I use potentially is that if that deal does not work out, if DeAndre Ayton or, or you know just Fillings or uh, Chris Paul doesn't really manage it, or maybe Devin Booker and KD can't figure out who to take that shot like, but on paper at least, it's potentially look, looking to make them a favorite, at least in my opinion, in the Western Conference. Do other teams look to make deals to keep up? And if they look to make deals, you got to look at the Toronto Raptors, another team that has young pieces and uh, an OG, Pascal, and also Fred Van Vliet that, you know, they've also already been rumored to be open to moving. Do other teams looking to keep up now call them about those players? You know, that's that's the things you have to look out for. And, and if it does happen, if that call does come, what's the what's the package that a team can offer that's just too good to pass up? Again, I I mentioned us in that because we we're a team that you know Bulls fans and we see we I think everybody kind of understands that this roster is imbalanced in a way and we know that AK at least was every all the rumors have pointed to AK is looking to add to this team rather than take away. But does a team come calling with an offer that you just can't pass up? 
And is, is AK even on the phones listening to those offers? So it's all just made this trade deadline and, and, and these next, the next couple of hours really that much more interesting to see if teams are going to start scrambling to try to keep up. Now, coming off that, we already talked about yesterday and we dropped a video on the Bulls expected to try to pursue um, Russell Westbrook. And, and you know, his, his relationship with Billy Donovan, is going to be willing to come off the bench, things like that. Well, there is now another player that, uh, you know, and I talked about a little bit in that video as well. John Wall is expected to either be traded or bought out by the, Lo by the Los Angeles Clippers by this trade deadline. And, now, and should the Bulls then pivot their interest to John Wall, maybe a player that's more, uh, 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 not, well, less reluctant, I should say, to, to come off the bench. You look at John Wall's season, nothing amazing. 11 points per game, 2.7 rebounds, 5.2 assists, though, on 40% shooting. He's only started three games this season. He's shooting also 30% from three-point range, taking uh, the, the least amount of shots in his career. John Wall has only taken 10 shots per game the biggest questions around him is if he can stay healthy but he he does offer a point guard that you can then come in who's probably more willing to take that role off the bench and it, are the bulls then going to be willing if russell Westbrook does decide to go to the los angeles clippers who again may now be looking to try to stay up in that western conference as much as they can and add better talent which they mount experience the thrill of march madness if you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home Bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code BULLCENTRAL but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. May now pursue a Russell Westbrook even more aggressively. Um, so, you know, those type of things are the things you have to look out for. But the same question that I threw to you guys in regards to Russell Westbrook, I'm going to throw to you guys in regards to John Wall. Should John Wall be interested? I mean, should the Bulls be interested in bringing John Wall into this team the moment he hits the buyout market? Let me know what you guys think on that down below. Now, moving on from that, the Bulls do have a game to play in all this, and they face the team that just made two of the biggest trades in back-to-back -back days um, that we've ever seen one team make, and that is now, well, I guess, other than the Utah Jazz, even though those weren't on back-to-back -back days, we face the Brooklyn Nets tonight. What does that mean uh, for this team? Listen, this the Bulls better get it done. I, I, I tell you what, I know that sometimes the teams, when they make trades, you, 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 you get a little up, uptick in energy, but the Bulls have to take care of business against the Brooklyn Nets, and they cannot overlook this team just because they went and did a bunch of trades. Because the way that the Bulls season has gone, I tell you what, the Bulls have, have gotten some embarrassing losses, and the last thing that you want to do if you're the Chicago Bulls, is get beaten by a team that just sent two superstars out and have no superstars on this roster. You do not, you cannot afford to lose this game for any stretch of the imagination. I need to see the Bulls come in, put their foot on the throats of the Brooklyn Nets, and be able to sit Zach Levine and, and uh, DeMar DeRozan and Nikola Vucevic in that fourth quarter like we saw a little bit of before, and we need to see them be able to do that, empower the other players around it. This is what needs to happen. So, you know, I'm not saying that the Nets are necessarily, well, we don't even know if, if 
the the players that they just traded for necessarily are going to be in tonight's game. It's probably likely not, but the Brooklyn Nets, if everyone's available, is a team that's, of course, not a, not a great team, but they do have talent on that team, and you don't want to overlook that at all if you're the Brooklyn Nets. So I can tell you what, the Bulls better better beat the Nets tonight. I tell you that much for sure, for damn sure. And, and you know, as I talked about the Brooklyn Nets kind of falling down in those uh, standings, keep in mind, the Brooklyn Nets are still 10 games above 500 with a little over 20 games left. There is a chance that they still, yes, they're going to drop, but maybe they don't drop too low and not be a playing team. There isn't, there is a chance for that, but we don't want to be the team that gives up a win to the Brooklyn Nets being what they're going to be. The team has to execute. We need to see big games. Even if DeMar DeRozan does sit out, which I mean, you the Bulls may look at him and be like, Hey, uh, DeMar, go ahead and get you an extra day of rest. But regardless of who checks in, as long as either Zach Levine Nikola Vucevic, DeMar DeRozan, any combination of two of those three players are on the court, the Bulls better take care of business against the Brooklyn Nets. We cannot afford to not do that, period. i tell you that much. We cannot afford to get any losses to the Brooklyn Nets tonight. And if the Bulls are to do lose by the Brooklyn Nets, it's going to definitely be Petty Roosevelt checking in on the postgame show. Now, with that being said, this, I want to look at it. Uh, do any players on the Brooklyn Nets interest the Chicago Bulls? Can the Chicago Bulls maybe use that Portland pick and a team in the Brooklyn Nets that may be looking to just be in acquisition mode? Can you get you a Cam Johnson, who I think would fit amazingly on this team? Can you get you a Mikael Bridges, who I also think could fit amazingly on this team? Yes, you have to make the contracts work out, but could the Bulls be looking to do something like that? You know, you, you never know. The, the NBA is such an interesting place. It's such an interesting time period. Um, But it's just, listen, the Bulls have a chance now to make a considerable move in the Eastern Conference that's impacted by a team that was 10 games above 500 in the conference, sending out two of their superstars, drastically changing what their outlook on the rest of the season is. We've already talked about how this is the time for the Bulls to make their move. And I don't mean by move as far as players and things like that. I mean make their move in the standings. This is their opportunity to take, to take care of that. Going into that, we face the Brooklyn Nets two times over the next two and a half weeks. Those need to be wins. But outside of that, the Bulls have to take care of business. The, you know, you see the Nets for camp, the, the Cam Reddish trade. And I know some Bulls fans were extremely interested in, 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 in Cam Reddish. And you guys know how I've thought of, on Cam Reddish. Yes, the Bulls, when you look at the package that the, the, that the Nets sent out, the Nets sent out Cam Reddish and a first-round pick that's highly protected in the future first-round pick. But they get back Josh Hart, Right. That's another deal that you look at as a Bulls fan and you ask yourself, why didn't the Bulls get involved in it now? I'm not as high on, on Cam Reddish. I'll tell you that now. I've been very vocal on that. I don't look at Cam Reddish as a player that changes really the outlook of the Chicago Bulls season or the win-loss record or anything like that. But for the fans that were interested in Cam Reddish and thought that he can do something for this team, that goes away. So, you know, we'll see. The Bulls clearing a spot, I don't think is a difficulty. We know that we've could have we've could have cut Tony Bradley up to 10 games in the season. They can easily cut him and and get there. But you know, I tell you what, it it's we'll see what happens. Um, what 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 the Chicago Bulls team does, but you, you gotta look at AK and Everson. You see all these other franchises making moves to improve their season. The trade that the Los Angeles Lakers made, while not a trade that I'm saying that the Chicago Bulls could have gotten into or should have gotten into. When you just look, they just didn't have the, a contract like a Russell Westbrook that's just disposable. But, you know, as they look to monitor the buyout market, and they're probably going to be looking to, to monitor that buyout market more than anything at the trade deadline, 
this everything I said before still holds true. This team has to do something to add some talent to this team between now and the start of next season. And you have to do monitor something at the, 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 the buyout market. See what you can do. If you can use that Portland pick, I've said before, this may be the time to use that at the time. So if you look at leading into this trade deadline, are the Chicago Bulls in necessarily panic mode to make a move? No, even though some Bulls fans would have you believe that they should be. And I understand why they have. But when you look at things and just monitor things around the league, you could now potentially, is Jay Crowder going to be bought out by the Brooklyn Nets? The Phoenix Suns were hesitant to do that. But do the Brooklyn Nets buy out Jay Crowder? Like, you have a veteran who hasn't played this season. He's more suited for a team trying to make a run. Is that there something? The Bulls could potentially, now it's more difficult to free up multiple roster spots because you, you know, Tony Bradley's contract had that unique clause in it where it was only partially guaranteed. That's why he's able to be cut. But you could be looking at maybe can you free up other, other roster spots? Do you, could the Bulls potentially through the buyout market at Jay Crowder and a John Wall or Russell Westbrook without giving up any other assets? You know, I know I'm just speculating and I'm just kind of spitballing here and just seeing what could happen, but that's just how interesting things can get in the NBA once you, once, superstars start moving when when superstars move it really makes those lesser teams and those lesser contracts and players that aren't really up you know up that level they start moving more freely as well and especially when you have a player like a Jay Crowder who went to the Brooklyn Nets a team that is not expected now at least to be trying to fight for anything to fight to win a title you could be looking for them to move him as well so you know just we got to keep our heads up. We got to see if AK and Eversley are as smart as what I initially thought that they were, and many of us did. They're going to be looking in and doing some analysis on all this as well. We've already heard that they will be pursuing Russell Westbrook once he hits the buyout market. We've heard that. Does he take the call? Does he get calls from other teams, especially now teams looking to stay up? There's a lot of questions surrounding everything right now, but I'll tell you what, this is going to be a fun day. Hopefully also a day that ends in a Bulls win as well. We'll just continue to look at it and see what it all means for the Bulls and the league as a whole as players continue to move around today. That is it for me for today, at least for now. You guys know if news drop, I drop. That is it for me for today. Make sure you follow the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. Like I liked in every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See red because it's game day. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.